We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? A podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Steven. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan in the squeaky chair that you might be hearing in the background. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia and to hell with squeaky chairs, but it's kind of out of my control right now. Probably designed at the, at that other school uh, up in Athens. So uh, it is, we are recording this right after the first week of August. We are starting to ramp up. This might be the last summer episode. We are quickly going to be coming to you, hopefully weekly again, as the football season kicks back up. Joshua, give everybody a quick outline of what we're going to do today and what the goal of the show is today. Well, you know, we're going to hit you with some news. Uh, Obviously, we haven't been around for the last week or two or three. So there's plenty of stuff to catch up on just in case you missed it because it's a a firestorm out there and there's always other stuff to pay attention to. Uh, And after we hit you with those, we're going to talk about the football team and their upcoming season because they have started practice um, for the upcoming season. I believe it starts in less than a month. Yes. They open up in September in Ireland. Yes. Playing Louisville as their first game. And so it is going to be time for us to start focusing on the football team and the other fall So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the schedule. And we're going to analyze every single game, and we're going to predict the out the score of every single game. No, we're not SEC fans, so we're not going to do that. We're just going to give our thoughts and feelings, how we, what we've seen so far, what we think, what we're looking forward to. But before we get to that, uh, we will handle the news items first and foremost. Want to just acknowledge Georgia Tech alum Roman Reigns continues as WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion of the World. He may just be the greatest Georgia Tech alum of all. He is he is the tribal chief, and he is the hell of a world champion. Head of the table. Yeah, and so we acknowledge you, Roman. Well over a thousand days, he defended against his cousin, Jey Uso, but you didn't come here for wrestling analysis. So let's go into, we have breaking news breaking as we're news. recording this. Well, by the time we upload this, it won't be. Uh, yeah, but we'll upload it a day late, so everybody's probably heard, and it had been rumored, and we had talked about it. But just before we came on the air, we got confirmation from our reporter in the street, uh, Stacy, who likes to give us Stacy on the street. Stacy on the street. She got two uh, two two stories in today, so it is official. Uh, Georgia Tech has concluded a naming rights agreement with Hyundai. So the stadium is now going to be known as Bobby Dodd Stadium at Hyundai Field. It is a 20-year contract, I believe. Georgia Tech is going to be getting $55 million total over those 50 years or 20 years. As I understood it, yes, that is the case. I'm sure some of it's up front. I'm sure there might be some deferred. Uh, I'm sure there are things in the details of the contract, but $55 million over 20 years 
And there are people, and I tended to be one of them, who might have thought, well, oh, you're taking away. Georgia Tech is the longest, uh, has the longest history of having their stadium in the same place in college sports. The longest actively operating football stadium in in major college sports, in college football. Yes. And there might have been some people who think, oh, you're taking away some of the, the beauty of that. You're taking away some of the historic nature. So they kept, in my opinion, they kept the most important name, which is Bobby Dodd, famous football coach, second only to John Heisman, I think, arguably. Dodd was the first great football coach at, at Tech. But Grant Field is named for Hugh Inman Grant, who was the son of John Grant, who was the first benefactor of getting the stadium built. So those of you that didn't know the history of the name Grant Field, it's not named for some great coach. It's not named for some great politician. It's not named for some uh, great... It, it was named for a graduate. It was named for a, a, a son, Hugh Inman Grant, who was the son of John Grant, who was the first benefactor of the stadium. So basically, we just updated our benefactor. Now, I'm not going to, I don't want to over, uh, I don't want to undersell that this is a big deal. It's been named Grant Field forever, but things change. Times change. This is now more a business than ever before, and we made a good business deal. That's my opinion. Joshua, anything to add? No, it's it is it's what a business it is. Deal. Everybody does it. I mean, every, I, I, we're one of the last teams that really had it. A couple teams still have the non-branded ones, but those are the ones that print money because they have incredible television deals. Um, you know what? They will still line up every Sunday. They'll still play football, and it's really not going to affect our performance necessarily. So, so you know, we've talked about Jay Bat, and to me, this is Jay Bat bringing what he was supposed to bring to his position. He is increasing the financial flexibility and ability of the program. And if you don't like that, then we should go down to Division Two and be more about you know history and other things. Um, so I, I just it is what it is. It's a financial decision. Just let's see the benefits of facilities and other things. So Indeed. Joshua, you have some baseball news. You I have some football news first. Ah, football, and then why don't you just go right into baseball? We will do after. that. So first, we're going to talk about some new recruits because, of course. Brent Key. Why wouldn't we do that when we talk about the team at the end? Because they're not going to be playing this season, Stephen. Okay. The team right. at the end is about this season. Okay, okay, go ahead. These are guys that will not show up until next year. Anyway, uh, Georgia Tech did pick up three new commits to the class of 2024, um, and they're very, very interesting to say the least. So the first one is tight end Lane Waddle coming from Greenville in uh, Greenfield, Indiana. So Brent Key went uh, went a ways away to grab this guy. Ta. Top 1,600 player-ish, not necessarily highly um, recruited, but he is 6'5", 242, so he's got a body. Um, and, you know. Great. See Next. how it goes. Okay, hey, 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 let me do we my gave him. Here. We gave him plenty of press for being the 1,600 that's fair. Right. All right. And so then the next one was defensive lineman Marcus Downs out of Greer, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, Riverside High School, 6'5", 285 already. Top 600 guy. He The offer sheet does not look like that. He had offers from North Carolina, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Miami, LSU, Tennessee. Um, a lot of big-time Power 5 schools mm -hmm. were coming after him, and he has put his, put his commit 
behind Georgia Tech right after he got an offer from Charleston Southern? Yeah, I, I think there there's some tools there I think they see, even if they don't see the highest ranking commit. So well, he's top six hundred, so he's still yeah, a lot of people want him. Yeah. He's he's a, the number eight kid out of South Carolina. And when you look at the rankings for South Carolina, five of the top ten kids are going to South Carolina or like the University of South Carolina. Three of them are going to Georgia Tech. I like it. So Georgia Tech is is attempting to do something. Well, we talked about it on a previous show. Five states. Yes. Brent Key's building yes. that stronghold. Yep. Um, and then last but not least, a big recruit, literally and figuratively, uh, interior offensive lineman Jamison Riggs out of Hiram, Georgia, Hiram High School. He is six foot four, three hundred pounds. He's a big boy. Um, he's considered, according to twenty four seven, about six hundred ish, right around the same spot as Marcus Downs. He had offers from Auburn, Clemson, Arkansas, Florida, Florida State, Kentucky, Miami, Louisville, Michigan. Mississippi State, I mean, he had a, a offer sheet that reads like a who's who. Even Penn State was trying to get in on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that people come coming from all over the nation. But he has put his his bid behind Georgia Tech as well. He also competed in track and field. Nice. Went the shot put in the discus. All right. Very good. And then the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about was Georgia Tech baseball because – I uh, can't necessarily give you a ton of news on the recruits because all of that stuff is behind a paywall and I refuse to give any money to Perfect Game because I never did when I played and I will not do it now. Um, but they there was a couple things that I saw and the most important one was Chandler Simpson, who was an outfielder for Georgia Tech um, two seasons ago, technically. The last the team that was pretty good but, but then lost to uh, Tennessee in the World Series regionals, mm-hmm. right? He got drafted to the Rays. And he is currently in single A, but he is leading all of the minor leagues, single A, double A, triple A, all the leagues. He is leading every single person in stolen bases so far this season. He has gotten 86, Holy I believe, in cow. like 81 games. Wow. So he is running. Yes. Um, but on top of that, I mean, plenty of other news with um, – I'm not going to go into all of them, but you know, guys like Justin Henry Malloy, Luke Waddell, all – all guys that are currently in AAA knocking on the door to the majors, Justin Henry Malloy specifically, another 800 OPS, another 270s-ish average. Still mad the Braves traded him. Uh, Kevin Parada still in high A for the Mets. Luke Waddell with Gwinnett. Uh, Xavion Curry has actually built out a career currently. He's in Cleveland. He's been called up and stayed up with the team, which is impressive because Cleveland has about 12 different pitchers that are all considered major league ready. So... Kudos to them. There's plenty others. I don't want to talk y'all's ear off, so we'll get into them when they get called up, uh, which is probably going to happen here soon, especially with a guy like Tristan English, who is absolutely raking for the Diamondbacks. So these former Georgia Tech players, you just basically are kind of tracking their career and keeping us updated of how things are I'm attempting to, I like that. Well done. They have four players in the majors currently. Yeah. But the most notable one is Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman! All right. So the if you haven't seen that video, go find it. It's a few years old, but... Uh, that's a nice little video during his all-star years. I want to acknowledge also uh, Christopher Eubanks competed after his run at Wimbledon, came home and competed in the Atlanta Open. He did make it to the quarterfinals. He unfortunately lost in the quarterfinals, but had a good showing at the Atlanta Open and is now moved up into the top 30 in the world rankings, currently standing at 29. So, Shout out to John Smoltz. I know Christopher Eubanks does not want to stay at 29, wants to keep climbing. 
So good luck to you as you continue your tour. Also wanted to point out one other piece of news. Georgia Tech graduate as another world champion. Indeed. Or at least a champion, but it is called the World Series of Poker. Joshua, have you ever watched the World Series of Poker? I cannot say that I have. Okay. So a long time ago, when it first started being shown on ESPN, I got into watching some of the World Series of Poker. It's an intriguing event. It is one of the only sporting events, and it does take some physical stamina to do this. It is one of the only events that anyone can get in literally by just having $10,000 to put into the pot. So it is come one, come all. And it's grown from being professional players to then amateurs and getting up to thousands and thousands of entries. This year's winner is Daniel Weinman. Daniel Weinman is a graduate, uh, I believe 2009, from the, the Georgia Institute of Technology with a mechanical engineering degree. He did start a career as a mechanical engineer and then became a professional poker player. He actually has had a fairly decent career as a professional poker player. He has won. Last year, he actually did win his first World Series of Poker bracelet. The World Series of Poker is a series of events where you try to win. Uh, if you win the event, you get a World Series of Poker bracelet. You do win whatever the winnings are. And last year, he had won the $1,000 Pot Limit Omaha event and has had some other nice Finishes and finished in the money seven times at the World Series of Poker, at the World Poker Tour, had made a couple of final tables, had been in the money a few times in the European Tour. So he's been in the money 70 times in the World Series of Poker. So the guy knows what he's doing. He won the main event, the main event that anyone can enter, uh, which is you put in $10,000, all of that goes into the pot. The pot this year was $12 million. Uh, $100,000 went to the top money winner, and then it goes below that. He had cashed out a couple, of, I think last year, in like 173rd place being in the money. So he was the overall winner this year. He won at the final table on the 24th hand of heads up play when it came down to him and, and the semifinalist, Steve Jones, or the second place finisher, Steve Jones, Stephen Jones. Uh, and there were 164 hands at the final table. So he won $12.1 million. Daniel Weinman, Georgia Tech graduate, a world champion. Well done. Breed them different around here. Uh, that, astronauts to politicians to CEOs to inventors to poker champs. Imagine that. Mathematic skill and analytical skill and a little bit of psychology in reading people. Imagine that. that you, well, we can't claim credit for the psychology, but the mathematicians for sure. I took psychology at Tech. I'm so sorry for you. That was a great class. All right, go ahead. I believe it's time to get it. Uh, the basketball news. I, was, I thought you were going to talk about basketball. Yeah, so the basketball news. Uh, you know what? Just Damon Stoudemire continues to hit the recruiting trail. He's done well. He's moving and shaking. Yeah, we are in the top six final schools of some, two of the top recruits. Jakari Harris and I believe – let me pull up his name just to make sure. But uh, Jakari Harris is the top 100 shooting guard who is named us in his top six. The other one is Jaden Mustaf, who is from the overtime elite program so in atlanta so he's right down the road from georgia tech that guy he is top 27 in the 24 7 composite so 
Tech is getting out there. They're also still uh, hot on the trail for Curtis Gibbons out of Montverde. He's offering a ton of people. He's trying to get where he can get. Well, and he I, loves his guards. I, I, listen, all three guards. I think Damon is trying to land a top recruit. I, I think they're at least one, maybe two for next year. I think that's what he's trying to do. And and he's in a perfect position to do it. You you do have a fairly well-balanced team, should be improved. We'll see how good they'll be. But there is a spot for a top recruit to come and make his mark in a basketball legacy program that is trying to get back to the top. And Damon looks like Damon knows what he wants and he knows what he's going after. And he is making the top lists for some of these players. That's a good sign. Yeah. That's my line. All right. Yeah. So last but not least, it is time to talk about the football team and fall practice has started. And I told Joshua leading into this, if you guys haven't figured it out, if you're a, a listener of this show, I'm more reactionary. Joshua is the one who does a lot more reading and studying and going out and finding out information. So when it comes to my analysis of the football team preseason, it's going to be, okay, I can tell you what I think, but I really will tell you what I think once I watch them play on the field. And unlike Ken Segura and others who go down and watch the practices, I'm not doing that. I have a day job. So my comments are going to be very limited because I haven't seen the team at all. But I will turn it over to the fan who is also pursuing this as a career and knows a lot more about it than me. Joshua, what you got on the preseason of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket football team? They're practicing and they're they're getting after it. <laughs> they just want to show up. They want to get 110% on a get better every day. Um, just want to help the team win. Thanks, you know? thanks, Coach. What very good media training. Why don't we start with this? I'll I'll start with the one thing I do know. If you guys are listening and are big fans, you've probably seen that that Georgia Tech what did take part, of course, in ACC Media Days, the preseason event where the coach and some of the key players go up. They make all the rounds. They do all the interviews. And Brent King had some really good interviews. He, um, I believe, I'm I'm paraphrasing his quote, but. Somebody did talk to him. The preseason came out. He They are ranked 12th out of 15 teams, picked, uh, picked to finish 12th. And Brent Key's response to a question about it was, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what our rank is. Our, you know, My job's to go play, which is becoming a very good Brent Key answer. I like it. Uh, he is not about the flash. He is not about the image. He is there to coach and make the team better. It's about the steak, not the sizzle. Great. All right. So putting, in, putting into words we both understand. <laughs> now I'm getting hungry, so you better get on with the next part. All right. Well, looking at the schedule, Georgia Tech does unfortunately have not an easy route to necessarily coming out on top. Um, they do play Ole Miss, the other end of that home and home. They'll be playing at Old Miss, which makes it even harder. So they've got that. You've got to play Clemson, one of the three guaranteed ACC opponents that Georgia Tech will be playing under this new Who are system. the other two? Let me look. I believe Louisville is actually one of the other two. I'm sorry. I'm asking you a question. No, it's okay. I, I, I should know this. Um, I was wondering if it was like Wake Forest or the Wake Forest and UNC Duke. It is Wake Forest. Yeah, so Clemson, okay. Wake Forest, and Louisville. So, of course, Georgia Tech has to play three of the top six schools in the ACC every freaking year. Yeah. But it is what it is. So, But the Wake Forest one this year will be a little bit different. They did lose Sam Hartman, 
They lost a lot of talent on offense. I wouldn't bet against Dave Clawson. That's one of the best coaches that no one talks about. That's just another one of the hard games. Louisville is also one, not just because they're going over to Europe and they're going to Ireland to play, but Louisville does have the new shiny new head coach, a lot of shiny new toys on offense. They're projected to be very good. Mm. You also have to play Georgia because, of course, you do. Mm. Good old, good old fashioned hate. So it's going to be an interesting schedule to say the least. Luckily, that's kind of just like dispersed out. Louisville, Ole Miss are two of the three first games, and then Wake Forest right after. Then you don't have to worry about Clemson until November. You don't have to worry about Georgia till that Thanksgiving week. Right. Um, one of those things. You also get the hopefully cupcake games of South Carolina State and Bowling Green. Under Jeff Collins, those were not cupcake games. We no. did lose to the Citadel. But hopefully Brent Key has them ready to play those days. Uh, other ACC opponents, you're looking at Miami. You're looking at Boston College. North Carolina, who is suffering some problems right now. One of their big-time transfer gets at wide receiver was not cleared to play because he had already hopped in the portal another time, so he's going to have to sit out of here. So that could hurt their offense. We'll see what happens. And then Virginia and Syracuse. So Georgia Tech may have been picked preseason to finish 12th, but one of the reasons why is that we have the toughest schedule in the ACC by a long shot. It's Potentially, not even, yeah. It's not even close. Arguably, preseason. I'd have to look into it like a lot deeper. But I can tell you, considering we have to play Wake Forest and Clemson and Louisville and Ole Miss and two ACC schools, yeah. I, it's probably up there. So last year, Jeff Collins got off to a horrible start, and it cost him his job. Because we're playing Ole Miss and, and Louisville early, it, this could be a tough start to the season, and it could be a tough end to the season with Clemson and UGA. So the there's I'm seeing, of course, there are people online who will say, Tech's going to lose every game. Then some who are going to say, man, we better finish seven wins, eight wins, go to a bowl game. I've seen people say, I I, I can see eight wins. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know where they're seeing it. Well, (laughs) so, and the only thing I'll remind you of is 1990, Tech was picked to do nothing. And they ended up winning the national championship. Stranger things have happened in football. Teams get hot. Teams find the Ted Lasso way or the Richmond way uh, or whatever to just kind of have one of those magical seasons. Now. I think I think as a reasonable, trying to be reasonable alum fan, I just want to see the team improve. And to me, that means play cleaner, play tougher, play better, and not feel like everything has to go our way in order for us to win anything. If we go out and dominate the cupcakes... I'll take that as improvement because we haven't had that in the last few years. If we go out and compete really hard and maybe win one of these wild and crazy games with the great teams, or at least it's competitive and we're in it, because that's honestly the last few years, you're just getting blown out all the time. Yeah, so I'd rather just not lose like 42 to 10 like Correct. we did to Ole Miss and Clemson. Um, that would be... A sign to me that we're getting better. If you've been watching this team the last five years, you just want to see the Georgia Tech of before that where you're competing and you're going, let's see how we do today. Now, the other thing I will say is I want to see us whip up on some of the weaker teams that we play. I want to see us beat Syracuse and beat them handily. I, you know, if I see what Boston College. Yeah, if I see that, then I go, okay, we're improving because now we're showing that we're not bottom of the barrel we're playing strong we're playing 
we're, we're playing clean. Brent Key is a coach that wants to win the games he's supposed to win. That's that I think, you know, I think he wants to win every game, of course, but he seems to be, hey, we're going to win the games we should win and then, you know, build on that. So absolutely. All right. Quick question. Uh, one of the big stories in the preseason, who's going to be the quarterback? I'm not asking for your prediction. I'm asking for what you've been reading and what others are saying. Although if you want to give a prediction, I would love to hear it. I, From what I can tell, the people's choice is Zach Pyron. And part of that is because we've seen him play. Right. Part of that is because we've seen him in a Georgia Tech uniform and the tape on Haynes King is about as sparse as the tape on Zach Pyron, even though he's been in college for an extra year or two. The only I I would bet that it will probably end up being Pyron just because I think from what I understand, and this is I'm getting a lot of this from Bryce Kitten, in all fairness, but a lot of the schemes that he was running last year with Tech when he was you know winning football games. Very basic, very much. We're going to give him as many easy plays as we can. Now that he's got a year in the system, now that he's got, you know, a year of college experience, he's been in the weight room, he was hurt, but I remember that I know he's fully recovered. I think he'll be the guy. And part of it is also, I Haynes King, unfortunately, has had a lot of injury problems in his career. So the odds of, of him going down with some kind of knicker um, problem are probably relatively high. So interesting. I heard at least two different analysts kind of predict that they thought Haynes King would be the starter. Which Simply, analysts? Uh, Rusty Manziel was one. I can't remember who the other one was. Uh, basically, for his ex, for his overall college experience, you're going to go with that. Yeah, six games over four. Well, just age and how many times he's been in in various systems. So I guess we'll see, right? This is why we do the preseason. Yeah, I mean, he he looked good when he played against Bama, but I just hear so many problems. He's had problems with injuries. His accuracy has been kind of hit or miss. Um, we'll see how it goes. I like I said, I I'm gonna be. I haven't watched every snap of yeah. practice, right? I haven't even read a ton on the quarterback battle. I know that there's yeah. an article on 24/7. I suggest you check it out. The people over there do great work. Um, it, it, it'll we'll see what happens. I, I don't think that tech is going to name one until right before week one. Yeah, I agree with that. So another question for the preseason, what part of this team quarterback play running back wide receiver offensive line, and then defensive line linebacker, you know, defensive backfield, what part or parts of this team last year, the team, their defense kept them in games. Mm-hmm. What, part of the team has the chance to be the special part, the best part, the the part that helps this team find the most success. It's gonna be I think it's gonna be the offense, just in general. Because a lot of it is, first of all, Buster Faulkner, I think is yes. gonna be the best play caller that we've had at tech that I've known in my lifetime because previously the play caller was Paul Johnson, which right. was, hey, run the triple option and read the defense. Right. So having watched um Potnod, Pat Nod, the first OC, and then Chip Long last year, Buster Faulkner, from everything that the players are saying and just his background, I think he is the most creative that we've ever had. And I think he's already finding ways. They've already moved Jamal Haynes, who was going to be a backup wide receiver. Buster Faulkner saw him take a couple jet sweeps and really turn the corner. And he was like, you want to play some running back? Yeah. So he's he's willing to, to kind of get a little, little crazy uh, with some things. And in all fairness, I think he's going to have one of the more talented offenses we've seen. I think this wide receiver room is a sleeping giant. Just waiting for an opportunity to bust out. 
Uh, Dominic Blaylock, which is, means protection and get the ball close to him in a radius yes. where they can. So pass. the offensive line has another year of experience. We're basically bringing back the yeah. same players yeah. except for Pierce Quick, who medically retired. But they brought in a senior transfer yeah. from Princeton and Connor Scaglione to fill that hole. You still have Weston Franklin, Jordan Williams, Corey Robinson, Joe Fuse. I mean, you've still got. And listen, that line team. got better as the season went on. And now they, they all they, have a year of experience. Yeah. So they. So again. If you can get some protection, so you're saying that the offense, as the offense goes, so goes I the think chance so. and I'll, for this team to be better. I'll give you the reasons for why I think the offense will be good, and also why I think it's going to have to make the team better. Yeah. So the wide receiver room, like I said, sleeping giant. So many talented guys like Dominic Blaylock. I think Malik Rutherford has a chance to completely replace Nate McCollum's production from last year. Uh, I am huge on Abdul Janay. I think that dude's going to be a stud. Chase Lane, Christian Leary, uh, just a ton of different guys that are going to be able to produce in other ways. Plus the freshman, the true freshman, who knows? Zion Taylor was getting rave reviews. Eric Singleton is still getting rave reviews from camp. And then the running back room, Dante Smith, Trey Cooley. I mean, you've got plenty of, of guys that can you know take it to the house. The other reason I think the offense is going to have to be the main decider is the defense I am expecting to take pretty big step back. Yeah. Um, I, I – there's still talent out there, right? I mean, I think the corner room, the, the, the defensive back room, I think is going to be pretty good. I mean, LaMiles Brooks and Clayton Powell Lee had great years last year, and they're coming back a year older. I think Kenyatta Watson the is finally going to get a chance, and I'm excited to see what he can do because he's got every physical tool to be a shutdown corner. Uh, Spider Sims on the other side, I think he's really good, and I like some of the depth that they've built up. But one, you're replacing basically your four best players from last year. Right. Right. Charlie Thomas was the heart and soul of the defense. And he's gone. As is Ace Ely, as is Amari Walton, as is Akella Stone. Um, I it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I think the D line still has a chance to be good, at least on the interior with Daquan Dowsk, Makia Scott, Zeke Biggers, and Etanosa Rubin. But the edge rushers scare me. Uh Sylvain Yon Yon's Juni, Junin, the the foreign guy. Yeah. I I think he's a good soldier. I think he's a good rotational right. guy, but he's listed as your starting right. left end. That that scares me just a little bit. Uh Kyle Kennard, again, good soldier. I think he's had some good days. I think he's had some good reps. I don't think he's you're not replacing Keon White. Keon White, yeah. Who you didn't mention. In the I did top not four. mention, yeah. but Keon White's even an even bigger loss. I was Keon, just about please the, forgive us. You I was just talking weird. about the transfers. Right. <laughs> um and then at linebacker, I mean, you brought in some solid players to replace Ace and Charlie, right. but you know Andre White, Raylan Oliver, Trinilius Tatum. I, it's, I don't think you can replace. Well, those guys. and here's a here's a point I will make, and I think I'm I'll probably steal your thunder on this, which is what I do. I'm slightly annoying. I, so I would say that yes, the defense takes a step back, but that defense we were so dependent. Exactly. Because our offense was doing nothing. So if your offense can give you any kind of ball control, if your offense can shorten the game at all, if your offense can have some long drives, I mean, we had so few long drives. We would win games because the defense would create these awesome turnovers and we had short fields. That's not a great way to win, though. No, it's not a it's <laughs> not a sustainable way no. to win. So if our defense takes a step back to slightly above average or or you know doing enough to keep us in the game. Listen, I, so here I go with my alum and my age. I used to always, there was always a joke when Joe Ham was there. It was like just make sure we have the ball last. And I'm not saying that defense was bad, but our offense was so good 
and our defense wasn't that good, and the ACC was was had some great offenses, and we were just in these shootouts, and it was just, hey, we won, but it was 42-37, you know, and you just – so I, I don't think the defense is that bad. I'm not so, saying it's that bad, but just the fact that – I don't think the offense is going to – it's going to have to take a massive step forward yeah. to make up for the step back. The and and I think if the, if the offensive line is stronger – and if we get any kind of sustained running game to chew up clock and to to wear down defenses, hey, that's what Paul did. You know, mm-hmm. the triple option would just bleed you to death. So, I, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be like that. But if you can run better, then I think you can kind of control the game. So uh, we have come to the end, I believe, of our preseason, first preseason commentary. We will make more comments. I'll say this. Playing Louisville in the first game, this is now the third or fourth year in a row or whatever, you've played a super strong opponent, you know, arguably, you know, played Clemson a couple times. It'll give you a good test. It'll give you a good picture of what you are. Yeah. And we'll see how well they've prepared. Uh, and and uh, don't get me wrong, there's a chance that we beat Louisville because I agree. they're breaking in a yes. whole lot of yes. new pieces from quarterback to wide receiver to head coach to running back. Everywhere, basically everywhere, it's a brand new team. You got a shot, so uh, you can always catch them by surprise. But they do have the talent. Yeah, we have some. They have probably more. All right, but it is what it is. It, yeah. So there you go. Spoken like a true Tech Just alum and fan. One hundred ten percent. Being take it one day at a time. Being realistic and not saying you know we we better win the national championship this year or Brent Key needs to be fired immediately. He is building something. And let's see what he can build in his first full season. He's needs to build off of a great ending to a horrible start to last season. So let's let's see what happens. Joshua, do you have any last parting comments before I wrap us up? I do not. It is all in your plates. Great. So we thank you for being here. I am not going to drone on and on. I'm going to simply say I don't know if we'll be back in one week or maybe two weeks. And then from that point, we'll start weekly. I know you guys can't wait to comment on the show. If you want to do that, send an email to joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. Tell your friends about us. We would love to add on other tech alum and tech fans who want to hear more about Georgia Tech Athletics. So for Joshua, this is Steven. I have one last question for you. What's the good word?